1: Go to Bluenile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN
0: at Bluenile.com for $50 off your purchase. Bluenile.com code LISTEN.
1: The Talk Sport Fan Network is probably supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me live is Emilio Dinell and Scott Tanfield from Friends of Fulham and the FofCast. In this episode, it's really a reflection back on the Fulham season so far. We're going to talk about the January transfer window, but we are definitely going to start with the COVID situation with Fulham Football Club. That's where we have to start. And uh, before I go any further, Emilio, welcome back to the show. This should be a very interesting episode. What are your thoughts?
2: Uh Hi there, Scott. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Russ. Um, yeah, it's it's a sad situation, isn't it? Really, to be honest, we're talking about people's lives here. You know, I'm I'm devastated by the number of people who's obviously can talk specifically about the UK. But how many people new cases every day? How many people are dying every day? This is this is this is a desperate situation. Now it's obviously it's, it's kicked back into the into the football again. We've seen it creep in the last few weeks now, but I think I, at the end of the day, things are, this new strain is 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 dangerous. And you can see the number of players who have caught it from all levels, not just Premier League in the EFL as well. Something needs to happen. Something needs to change here. Some, someone needs to put their foot down. It's not all about money here. It's not all about Premier League making their money in the millions for television rights. These are people's livelihoods and families at stake here. And I'm you interested know, to, to have a very healthy conversation today with Scott and yourself because it's, the situation is dire. You know, we've seen Fulham for two games to be postponed in, what, three four days is telling you a very, very bad story. This should not be. We should not sniff at the fact that there's this COVID is is basically is killing millions of people around the world. Is this so? Um. Yeah. Let's let's see what it, let's have a healthy conversation today about this because it's, it's it's a subject close to my heart.
1: Okay. Very good. And we will have a lengthy discussion about the COVID situation with Fulham Football Club. Scott, welcome back to the podcast. And uh, I definitely want to talk about this. I've been listening to your podcast, the fafcast It's excellent with uh Jerry Owen and, and Mike has actually been on several times, Mike Greg. Welcome back to the show and I look forward to have to doing this show with you and Amelia.
3: Yeah it's good to be back on Russ. Uh, it's, it's been a while I think everyone's been busy and as as Amelia said, you know this, this whole COVID thing has put a lot of strains on people. a Christmas, New Year, you know especially work everything else that we've been doing. And then for this to break, you know, sort of today, you know, when we had a kind of an inkling of it, sort of it was going to happen over this kind of period, just really put a bit of a down on it, to be honest, um, where we should be sort of coming on here and, and talking about positives. We, we've kind of got to look at it as a negative, really, because, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not really helped the situation. And I don't feel, you know, we've been in Fulham's situation where they are in the league and, and, and the struggles of trying to, you know, sort of keep ourselves in the Premier League. This hasn't helped us at all. Um, it's also put us in, you know, the spotlight, um, you know, certain players and uh, stuff like that. So trust in how this unfolds and it'll be good to talk about it.
1: It will be, Scott. And uh, we have a lot to talk about. And we definitely want people who are watching live, feel free to comment because we're going to talk about, obviously, the COVID situation to start off. We're going to start with talking about the matches being postponed. I'm just going to use some topics that we're going to be talking about. Should the season be paused due to the increased number of cases? That's something that has been brought up. Here are some other things that are, again, hot topic discussions that we should really discuss. Should foam and clubs in general be fined for protocol situations like this that, again, that it's been found out that um, that they've not done the right things here? Should foam clubs be docked points? Again, these are all topics that we want to talk about and get your thoughts on. Feel free to share your thoughts. Should all clubs be required to tag their players to keep the COVID situation under control? And here's one that I definitely want everyone's thoughts on. Feel free to comment on this. Do you want Mitro to stay or leave? If the allegations are true, we're going to talk about the Mitro situation in just a bit as well. Okay, all right, guys, let's get back to it. Scott, I'm going to start with you. Let's talk about the beginning of this and the two matches that have been postponed. Let's let's start there. So, I want to get your thoughts when you learned first of all about when we heard that there were going to be that there were some positive cases and that. The, the Tottenham match was going to be in jeopardy. And then, of course, that was postponed. And then, of course, the Burnley match today was cancelled for tomorrow. We're recording this on Saturday. Your thoughts?
3: Um, I think at some point with the you know the winter sort of coming and everything else, I, I think we knew that we were going to get some cases of this. I didn't think for a start it would be Fulham. I thought we um, were looking quite strong within the bubble that we'd had. Yeah. Uh, and I thought uh, we were being quite professional about it and, you know, I thought maybe we'd, we'd probably get through this period, um, you know, quite safely. But we we we've been the club this time. As I said, that's not really helped us. Um, I mean, you see, obviously, with the Tottenham game, um, the leaks have come out. Obviously, a players sort of misbehaving over Christmas and, and New Year. I mean, I mean to look at it. I mean, Tottenham Spurs have, have not been innocent through this either.
1: That's um, right, Scott. Good point.
3: If you, I mean, if you see their reports, I mean, they have had a couple of players over Christmas that, that yep. went. So rules and regulations and they've been kept away from the squad um, and you'll probably find that within a football environment um, you know every club or every player or, the, or there's been there's been cases at every club um, it's just those ones that have been found out or you know mistakenly put stuff on social media that's got them caught early but I think as time goes on Russ um, there'll probably be a lot yeah. more out. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean rightly you know health always should come first um, games should be suspended um, you know there's always going to be conversation or chat about, you know, players should be playing their under-23s and stuff like that. But it's also a competitive side about the sport. Right. Uh, regardless of, you know, whether a few players have misbehaved, there is a minority. I don't think the rest should obviously struggle because of that. Um, you know, if you're going to compete, you should compete or you should compete at your, your highest level. And if you've got, say, eight or nine players out, which is obviously our situation, uh, not all their fault, maybe affected by other people, then so right. no, game should be. I'm obviously, postponed, so you know, I wasn't surprised with the Tottenham game. I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of fans on, on social media are kicking off about it, especially Tottenham fans about yes, they were. It's a load of rubbish, really. I mean, at the end of the day, Fulham were in you know, not the same hotel, but they're in a hotel, you know, ready to play the game. That's right, um, mm-hmm. and they fired at the same time as what Tottenham were, so not a problem. Same with Burnley, um, prepared to travel up there, um, you know, and if anyone wants to blame anyone, blame the Premier League, as I've said, on, on social media. For I being... agree
1: with you, Scott. They waited way too long to make the decision on that. Yeah, but at the
3: same time, I mean, the Premier League have cancelled it and they've done it for the safety of everyone else. I mean, it only takes one to infect a whole team. And then yeah. yep. for one for the sake of obviously playing a game or two games that so they want the rest of the season brought into thermal because the whole lot becomes infected. Um, and that's the seriousness of it, the seriousness yep. of it really. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised the games have been cancelled. I can probably see this becoming a little bit worse as time goes on as well.
1: Okay, very good. Over to you, Emilio, your thoughts on this. And Scott brings up a great point because this is something that you and I have talked about off air. Listen, the players, the staff, their people, oh, that comes first, their safety comes first. And as Scott said, if one person has been infected and potentially could infect others, the best thing was to postpone these matches. I Again, I thought that even days ago that they should cancel or cancel or or postpone the Burnley match because the incubation period was still going on. So this was the right thing to do. Yes, there were positive tests today, but I thought even before that, that they should postpone the Burnley match because again, the infection could affect other people. And now at least hopefully they can get this under control. Your thoughts on both matches being postponed. Yeah. I just think
2: this is, this has been coming, right? This is not a surprise. You know, we've seen no. that we're entering a, a wind the winter, traditionally a bad, 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 bad time of the year for catching infections and viruses. The numbers in, especially in southeast of England in particular, you know, London, Kent, Essex have been soaring the last two or three weeks. This has been inevitable, and then you've got Christmas, and you've got you know people se- deemed to be celebrating behind closed doors, or you know, trying to keep it, you know, sort of mask what they're doing, you know, and, and over, you know, not following guidelines from the government. It was inevitable you've got well I'm finding that people aren't speaking up enough you've got the likes of Roy Hodgson uh, well you know made a point on last I think it was last week or the week before he made a point that the, maybe the season should be paused or they should you know that, that there's a risk that, to his players and to staff and families etc so it's I think the Premier League haven't responded quickly enough they're only interested in one thing and I've got no respect for the Premier League and, as, and I'm sure a lot of people share my thoughts about the Premier League it's all about one thing it's about money they don't care about health and safety they just want the money and if they if they were interested to that, why didn't they cancel the Tottenham game a lot sooner? the Burnley game a lot sooner. Why leave it to the last minute? So for me, this has been coming for some time. Okay. The Premier League haven't responded quickly enough. They don't care about health and well-being of, of people, generally speaking, including players. And we need people to start speaking up. You know, this is a problem. The Everton Man City game got postponed on, on Monday. Same situation. Both clubs wanted to play. But last minute, Premier League decided to cancel the uh, The game, they were were hoping that would just be a one-off. They didn't want this to start being a trend. But now we're going to start seeing the trend here. EFL teams, how many teams haven't played this weekend because of new cases, etc.? Where's the tolerance levels? What's the minimum number of players that need to be affected before a game gets cancelled? It's, it just for me, it doesn't feel right. People need to start speaking up. The hierarchy needs to speak up. The club owners need to be speaking up. And maybe the right thing to do is to pause the season until we get control of the situation because it's it's running out of control, especially here in the southeast of England. Okay,
1: very good. And that's going to lead us to talk about that. Over to you, Scott. Emilio thinks that potentially they should pause the season. I, I can see where he's coming on that because the cases are rising. What are your thoughts on this? And, and there's been talk about it, but what I've been hearing is that, uh, again, the speculation that, that they're not going to pause, but that could change. What What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that they should?
3: It's a it's a difficult one because, I mean, um, talking about it the other day in regards to to having a pause, but, I mean, what kind of pause do you have? Because even if you pause it for two weeks, is that going to be enough for players to get over, um, obviously, positive, uh, sorry, uh, being tested positive for COVID? And then on the back of that, you're going to get more players tested. But So it's going to be ongoing. It's going to be ongoing. Um, I think... The Premier League need to kind of look at this and and decide what they're going to do with it. Whether they have rather than pause a break, um, and then they kind of get some type of legislation put in place in regards to what clubs are doing now and what their players are doing to try and maybe resolve the situation. Um, It's a difficult one because if you pause it, it continues to go on. If we have a break, um, you know, this and and, unless players are are going to be vaccinated, this this whole situation is going to continue. Um, it's difficult to see a way out of it, Russ. If I'm perfectly honest with you, okay. We can pause, we can break, we can do whatever we want, but as me, as it's all about money, and they're not going to, they're not going to push for that, as, as you know, as far as I can see. So, I mean, that's why I said. That, that, that's why I'm with it. It's it's a case, of, you know, this is going to be ongoing all the time. The pandemic is ongoing, unfortunately, and players, staff are going to be at risk unless you know there is some
2: more severe protocols put in place. Yeah, yeah I just, I just feel that you're having a you know having a short break, would we just will allow things to be controlled a little bit better because it's it's, it's escalating out of control at the moment. You see Fulham, you know, got some X amount of players, we don't know officially exactly how many. Man City, we'll see what they end up, I think Pep's saying he's got half a dozen key players that are missing for tomorrow's game against Chelsea. Strictly speaking, that game should also be cancelled. So it's these, you know, and then plus you've got people who are supposedly celebrating at New Year's Eve. We're only going to find out in the next few days whether they're going to be testing positive and then they spread that. Okay. To so unless you actually stop players mixing with one another and maybe con- the players need to be controlled more they're in the employers i.e the clubs need to start taking maybe even more responsibility in managing their own individual players otherwise that's not pointless it's just going to continue getting out of control but we're in a very difficult situation but for me health and safety comes above anything else whether some of the people are saying here yeah, that there's four teams are in four com- competitions so what competition is meaningless if you actually can't play games, or you've got players who are who are dying, or family members who are dying. So it's
1: it's this is a desperate situation, right? And Scott, back to you. You know, it's a very good point. I'm glad that we're talking about this because you're right. Both of you are right. This is about money. It's about money. Mm. It's about the Premier League. I'm dealing with it here with with our leagues too. It, it really is about money. But I agree with Emilio that even a two week pause, I think potentially could get the thing under control a little bit like i said it is out of control a little bit so maybe again i look at it that it couldn't hurt but to your point how much would it help we don't know but i don't think it's a terrible idea scott to consider putting it on pause for a few weeks
3: no 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 and i think um I, I may become come across slightly wrong there when i said that i was talking more about the sport on a whole yeah pandemics around you know until people you know, players are you know, mm-hmm. To whether this is going to continue to happen because we know that football players don't behave themselves, the money controls the game. Um You know, and, and in situations like this, it, it's a case that you know they're they're constantly doing it, and it's
1: you know yes. it's a great point, back yeah. in
3: again. Um, they're probably going to do it all over again. But no, I agree. I mean, maybe a pause is, is good to maybe sort of like I say, rein it in, have a look, see what the situation is, find out who who the players are, exactly.
1: Investigate that point too. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. So I mean, no, I I, I do totally agree with that. Um, you know, and it's, it'll be interesting to see now, as I say, clubs starting to get cases and with that's this, right. you know, it spreads very quickly. So even the teams that don't have yeah. cases at the moment, it's kind of that situation where it's going to be, it's coming for you. It's going to get you at some point. So, you know, this, this is probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better. So maybe, yes, a break is, is a good thing.
1: Okay. And that's going to lead me to talk about something that, again, you were just mentioning players and Let's talk about this now because we're looking for deterrence and these two topics are not just about Fulham, it's about the clubs in general. So after, let's say these clubs have been investigated and say we learned that protocols have been broken, Scott, should Fulham or clubs in general be fined?
3: Um, I think so. And I think more so players should be fined. Okay. You know, they're on big money. Um, they have big responsibilities. You know, some of these players go out and earn in a week what some of us earn in a lifetime, <laughs> you know, yeah. simple fact being. And, and you <clears ask throat> them to kind of be professional about the situation. And and people say, yes, they're only human and, you know, they want to celebrate Christmas and New Year, same as everyone else. But we all know that sport, you know, does operate over the Christmas periods, um, you know, the New Year periods. And it's a winter period with, with colds and everything else around, um, you know, you ask them to be professional, when if they don't like the game does, then you expect them to be fined for their actions. Um, and I think you're probably going to find that it will happen. Um, not saying that the people involved with this, you know, are the ones that are kind of responsible for spreading it. Um, but they put themselves in, in situations where they've made everyone else vulnerable, the club staff, and everyone else around, families, etc., etc. et cetera. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think there probably is going to be a few fines um, going in that direction um, as this this grows.
1: Okay. Emilio, your thoughts? And I'm glad that Scott brought this up Mm -hmm. because we can look at the clubs because it stops at the clubs. But these Mm -hmm. are employees of the club. So shouldn't the players themselves be fined as well? Again, this is if they broke Mm -hmm. protocol. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on what Scott just shared there?
2: Yeah, absolutely. As a minimum, if players are deemed to have broken protocols or not followed guidelines, then absolutely they should be fined X amount of week's wages. I and mean, that goes without saying. I think the Premier League have to probably review the think Scott made a point about reviewing the situation because this current strain of COVID is, is more aggressive than the original one. So are the current protocols fit for purpose? Should they be reviewed? Should there be more rate, more frequent testing than there has been up until now? Same with the EFL. I read uh, earlier today, the EFL now are introducing more frequent testing um, during during the week. So obviously this, you have to look at the current situation. The current situation is more is more sinister than it was two, three months ago in the first train. So my view is review the protocols, make them more tighter where possible, and then force the clubs to to, uh, to comply with those principles. The clubs are deemed not to comply or not to be harsh enough, and strict enough then find the clubs as well. I think at the end of the day, players have an individual responsibility, like me or you do, we know we've got to take responsibility.
1: Okay. The players have an individual we
2: responsibility. We would have so many cases and so many people dying, but people not treating this with, with the the respect it needs. Um, so same thing with the clubs. If the clubs are deemed not to comply, then they, I think they should be fined as well. Why not? They are okay. a responsibility to our society
1: and to the nation and to the world. Okay. Let's take it one step further. And again, this would be extreme, I believe. But what are your thoughts about this? Should former clubs possibly Mm -hmm. be docked points if, again, the protocols were broken? This to me, I'm going to say it right now, I think this would be a step too far. But this Mm -hmm. would be a deterrent. I'm going to share a comment on that because, because we actually have a comment of someone actually mentioning this as well. So I'm just going to share this. This is from my friend Chris. Game should be... Forfeit if protocols are breached. That will stop player breaches. Milo, your thoughts? Again, this to me, I, I it's just, linked. I think this is too far. But what are your thoughts? It's linked. I think it's, it's there needs
2: to be some very clear guidelines around what constitutes a game that can be cancelled or not. So, is it two plays? Is it four plays? Is it six plays? You know, there's no, there's no, there's no strict policy around. So, be be more rigorous, Premier League and the, you know the FA saying if, if you've got X amount of players who. Are in breach, or we've got the we've got the COVID and and are positive, then the the game can be cancelled. But then I think on the flip side, if there's been evidence that a club has has breached control protocols, whether it's a player or a club not following the procedures, then I think we have to be harsh. Somebody's going to get the going to get fined and penalised very soon. That's going to set up precedence. It might be Fulham, it might be another club. But the yeah. only way to tackle this issue and for people to take more responsibility. Is to be more probably more aggressive in terms of penalties here. So it wouldn't surprise me that the the Premier League may may start setting a precedent and saying, look, any more than two games that are cancelled, you're going to get points stocked or you forfeit the match. Forfeit, for okay. I look, at, I think it was Rotherham United in the EFL. I think they had to, they played the other night because they were scared of the consequences of not turn, not playing that night. So I think the two previous games were cancelled, and if they had, they were they were trying to interpret the rules. And their interpretation was if they played, if they went in the third game being cancelled, yep. it would either be points or fine with money that they don't have. So they, I think they end up playing with very with with like skeleton stuff. Okay. So be very clear on the what the requirements are, the protocols are, review, review those protocols and put them in place so clubs can easily interpret them and if they don't comply, then someone's gonna how to say be the guinea pig, as they say, and and will pay the price for it.
1: Okay. Scott, what are your thoughts on this? Again, uh, very interesting to put this on the table. Docking points, forfeiting matches. What are your thoughts on all of this? It's
3: a difficult one, Russ, because um, you know you obviously you, know, you, you can't deem everyone the same as one idiot that's gone out and contracted because oh, wow. of the rules. And say, for instance, you've got a team, of, say, ten other players that you know have stuck to the protocol, want to play, and they've unfortunately been affected by this one this one individual um but at the same time i suppose clubs do have um a responsibility to you know uh, maintain the whole of their, their their player base and the protocols that they they should should abide by um so i think it's a bit hard to say should teams be docked etc cetera, etc cetera, but i think it is looking at on a case by case basis um to find out how you know an outbreak started you know how many players were at, you know the center of the um the situation right And irrespectively, I think, you know, punishment should be handed out based on those guidelines. Okay, Um, I mean, I agree. There is a case that if you get past a certain amount, say we've cancelled our game against Spurs um, and then Burnley and then the following game, you're into three games and then it is looking a little bit kind of situation, really, uh, because then obviously you're breaking the mould of the Premier League and everything else that goes with it. So, Personally, I think they need to look at it. Um, just docking straight away, I think, is is a bit severe, but they need to look at it on a case and case basis and find out, obviously, why you know the club has got that situation. And if it is, based on, obviously, the club itself not being tight on protocol and, and maintaining right. players, then maybe go for something like a docking situation where they say you failed to put three games because you've not kept your house in order. Dock your three points.
1: OK. And... I understand where you're going on that. It should be a case by case, but again, it's it's really about, like I said, needs to be investigated, and if they're not following the protocol, there needs to be some kind of deterrent. I know we're going to the extreme deterrent, but I, I think it's um, fair for us to talk. And we're not just talking about foam. I want everyone to understand that's watching and listening to this. This is about all clubs in general, but since it's dealing with foam right now, we, we are obviously talking about foam. Okay, guys, let's move on. Let's talk about a very controversial subject. And, again, we probably have all seen the article from the Sun from Tom Barclay, and uh, it involves Metro and pictures of uh, being at a, I guess you could say, a New Year Eve uh, gathering with a Crystal Palace player, captain. I I don't want to try to to pronounce his last name because I can't do it. So if this turns out to be true – and again, it, you know, all the reports are that it's going to be investigated by Crystal Palace and Fulham. I'll go to you first, Amelia. What do you thought about this? Because I, I went on social media, I saw a lot of people talking about Mitra. Do you want Mitra to stay or leave if the allegations are true? What are your thoughts? Again, this is this could be a controversial topic. What are your thoughts about this? Again, when it's all about health and safety,
2: you know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't want players playing for the club who are irresponsible. Disrespectful and don't give a toss. I'm going to just use that word rather than another word. I'm going to use about people around them. There's guidelines to follow. And again, it's all speculation at the moment. I think Mitrovic's wife or his partner. She put some pictures up or videos up on Instagram, then took them down. So I assume there is some truth there behind it. But but equally, you know, the Crystal Palace captain, if if supposedly he was he was hosting a party, was hosting the event, or they were together, why the hell was he playing today for Crystal Palace and captaining the team? I just don't get it. So. Yeah. For me, at the end of the day, whether you love a player or not, there's rules to respect. There's there's ethics here, at, at, you know, a heart. And he's totally disrespected that. So again, I'm, it's all speculation at the moment. Let's see what comes out of the wash. It's, but if it's, it's true, evaluation. let's call it what it is. is if it is true, and it is official. Then minimum he should get fined. And then similarly, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the club should, should sell him. I would. I, I don't want him anywhere near the club. You're okay. putting your own players, staff. Family members at risk for the sake of having a a a, a, a private event, a party on New Year's Eve. But let's see. it's all speculation, but whether it's Kearney, whether it's your, whether it's Ariola, I don't care who it is. Whether it was Ryan Session two years ago, you put aside the fact whether you love a player or not. At the end of the day, it's, it's you've put lives at risk here. And that's there's
1: no, I don't care. You know that one that nowhere near the club. Okay, over to you, Scott. Again, this is controversial, but you know what. I think it's a valid topic here to talk about Mitro based on uh, the speculation that's out there. Again, everyone can see it. But this is going with the idea that if the allegations are true, what are your thoughts on it? And then also your thoughts on the fact that the Crystal Palace captain played today, which, again, flies in the face of everything we're talking about today, basically.
3: As Amelia says, I mean, at this moment in time, it's all speculation. Um, The media, especially the Sun, do like to make up a little story that it could have been sort of pictures pulled from a um, party that happened, you know, sort of March of last year and, you know, they've kind of wangled this around it. But we don't know. I mean, okay. the reality is that it has happened. Uh, we won't really know for, for sure. Um, but again, it's an irresponsible act by a player that's supposed to be acting professionally over that period of time. And, yeah. you know, you take them regardless of what their calibre is at the club to act responsibly. Um, I mean, for me, it's one of those ones where, I mean, Mitro's been such a good player for us, you know, whether it's been in the championship or whether we brought him in. He, you know, he's a loved player by. Yes, he is. Um, he's an mm-hmm. icon. I think someone even said the other day that, you know, Bar Sahar, he's been one of our better strikers, yeah. you know, since Walton Davis and everything else. And he's kind of one up there that's, you know, <clears throat> a really positive spin over, you know, sort of promotions for the championship, you know, sticking with us, being loyal and stuff like that. And, you know, this comes out and, It kind of just puts all of that into jeopardy. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, from the dual best years or whatever players in that area were up to it as well. And, you know, you just didn't have the media kind of speculation that there is today. And I thought you can't move within this industry without, um, or in industry, without the media being hot on you. So, you know, if your wife's going to put, you know, your life story on Instagram or anything like that, then obviously, you know, you've got to be sort of managing that part of you, you. career as well you know it's kind of like you just can't be that irresponsible um, it's a different one for me because I've got a lot of kind of well I had a lot of respect for, for Mitrovic he's a very good player and still is He's and, and he's this, very
1: loyal to form let's yeah. say that
3: yeah yeah no, I totally agree and I think you know this just doesn't help him in a very sticky situation because obviously this season he's been a bit part player for us um, there's obviously something not quite right there, you know, he's not been firing all cylinders this season, um, and then obviously this is put on top of him as well, which makes it a lot more difficult for people to kind of accept because I think they feel at the moment that he's not putting in 100%, his lack of respect for is kind of slowly dwindling you know, is this kind of a time where Mitrovic parts company with the club, and for me personally, this has not helped his calls at all, so.
1: Okay, very good I'm going to just share some comments, this is from my friend Chris, I just want to share if true Mitro should be at the very least be fined by the club. He was irresponsible, and I'll just share a couple more. This is from Ben Lawrence. Keep him at club. It was nothing terrible. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name. Is in his support bubble. I'll just leave it at that. The Crystal Palace captain. I disagree with
2: that. Nothing terrible. It's, te- it's Ben. You know, it's, it's people's lives at stake here. It is terrible. I disagree with you completely. At the end of the day. So you know, at the end of the day, he's, why is he in his support bubble then? I disagree with that entirely, that goes against the grain. It's it's irresponsible, people like that, that's resulted in COVID cases increasing thousands fold in this country. And I'm not talking about other countries, I'm talking specifically about the UK. So if we have people like that multiplied by all the other players then the world would end. So I totally disagree with that point. Sorry, Ben.
1: Okay, very good. All right. All right, guys, very good stuff on all of this. One last topic as we're talking about the whole COVID situation that I, I, I want to go back and talk about is uh, is this. We, let's talk about this. And, Amelia, I'll go back to you. Should Fulham be making a statement like Spurs condemning these actions? Your thoughts on that?
2: Obviously, Spurs and West Ham, they've obviously come out. I think it was West Ham as well. Then they had one of their players. Um, they've They've gone out on record and you know, basically made a statement. In fact, whilst it's still speculation, I don't think Fulham – or Crystal Palace will say anything for now. I think the fact that the Crystal Palace p- captain played this afternoon either suggests they know more than the Sun newspaper and that it wasn't fact, possibly. Alternatively, it's under investigation. But if it's, if it's deemed to still be under investigation and not clarified or confirmed, and the captain of Crystal Palace played today, that's that's worrying as well. And the same thing here. So I think there needs to be a holding statement here that either the club should say, look, you know, we understand the speculation, et cetera, et cetera, and an investigation is currently in place. I think they owe that that statement, not to the fans, but again, from that well-being perspective. I think this is this goes beyond the this, the, you know, the actual reputation of the club. This, this is health and safety. It's people's lives are talking about.
1: Yep. yep very good. And, and let me stress one more time, because we're talking about this. This is speculation with Alexander yeah. Mitrovic. Speculation. OK, yeah. let's just stress that we're talking about if for some reason this turns out to be true. Mm-hmm. And as Scott said the source of this is the sun. So let's keep that in mind as well. There, there are a lot of different factors, but again, it's uh, something that I don't want to not talk about. I don't, I don't think we should avoid talking about Mitra because it's out there. So I thought we have to talk about it over to you, Scott, your thoughts on this. Should Fulham be making a statement like Spurs condemning these actions?
3: Um, I, th- I think we probably will, but knowing our communication is part of Fulham, it'll probably come out about seven weeks too late. Um, <laughs> That's all in most communication, but no, I think Gamido's right in regards to. Um, I think they'll investigate first. Um, I mean, like any football club, like Crystal Palace today, it's business as usual. Um, and if I, well, I was told that both players, even though they broke protocol, were tested and come back negative, then obviously they are in a situation where they can play today. So, right, be a reason why the Crystal Palace player has has turned out today. Business is normal, he's going to play. If he's one of their better players, and they're going to throw him straight in. Um, but I think Fulham now, with the Burnley game obviously postponed, and from from what we know, there are a lot of cases at the club at the moment. Um, yeah. I think they're going to need to look at that. Um, and I think what Fulham will probably do is they'll probably come out with a statement in whole, I would have thought, just on the whole situation. Okay. And I, and I think that will follow. Um, I, I think they have to, uh, because obviously if you're going to – uh, postpone games for for a certain reason. Um, and like we are in the moment, I think it's helpful for them on, on the social media platform at the moment. Every every player wants us, uh, sorry, every, every sort of support, for every club wants us relegated dot points and, and all sorts. So we're going to have to come back to some kind of statement. Um, and I think that will be soon.
1: So. Okay. Very good. And I want to share this. This is from our friend of the show, Trevor. And this is the point. I can't believe people are talking about getting rid of Metro and Trevor, the reason why we're talking about it is because, again, if you go on social media, you're going to see it. You're going to see the talk. So I think it's a valid point to talk about. Again, this is all speculation with Mitro. There are no facts yet. It's just speculation, but I think it's fair for us to talk about it and uh, and not avoid the subject matter. Okay, very good. Great stuff. And, again, we're going to have to see how this all plays out. And I, I just wanted to say this before we wrap up this uh, topic of talking about COVID-19 and the cases with Fulham. I just wish a speedy recovery for all the players and staff, and let's just hope there are no more positive cases. That's all I'm looking for, and uh, because um, safety and and health of everyone comes first. Okay. All right, guys, let's move on, and um, let's now talk about the season so far for Fulham, because I definitely want your views on it. And, Scott, I'm going to start with you. We're going to spend a good amount of time talking – about about this. This is the second part of the show, and the third part is going to be talking about the transfer window. So, give me your overall assessment of foam season, and I'm going to ask it. Give me a rating for the for the. It's not even halfway through, but we're beyond January. Give me a rating and your thoughts on the season.
3: Um, I mean, when we coming back to the 2019 season, I kind of had. Fears that we would come up and kind of replicate that. Um, so my initial kind of thought pattern on the season was Christ, we're going to have to go through this again. And it's going to be the <laughs> uh, you know, with the first four games and you know, the, the, the it was horrible through the, the, the door quick enough, you know, I, yeah. I kind of I got that horrible feeling again where football wasn't going to be enjoyable this season,
1: yeah.
3: Um, you know, but you can't blame obviously Parker, who's you know, he who kind of got us up. Um, obviously from the season before, um, you know, a bit of a a rookie manager, as as we call him, you know, inexperienced himself, you know, needed to be backed early or or given the best tools to do the job. And as we know, the Premier League is very, very unforgiving. You haven't got four games to get your asses in the gear. Um, As you see, you lose your first four or five games, you could end up getting relegated. Mm -hmm. Um, Leeds have proved that with the kind of good start that they had. Um, They've now given themselves kind of a buffer within the season, whereas we're still... Effectively trying to find our feet, and we're only just finding a style that's working for us. But yes. for me, again, it's kind of just probably a little bit too late because we're, we're probably two or three wins behind where we should be, really. Um, and to make up that ground is is very difficult, as we know. Um, I mean, season on the whole, Russ. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, even where we're in the position that we are at the moment, um, we've improved considerably. Um, and, you know, especially from a defensive point of view, um, I think the goalkeeper's fantastic. And mm-hmm. so, as we brought in, you know, left and right back, we've kind of got – we've really shored it up there. But it is a yeah. case that we're not firing on all cylinders up front. Um, You know, this this comes back to the Mitrovic kind of um, kind of conversation, which I'm sure we'll touch on in, in, in the transfer bit. Where Absolutely. You know, we're we're playing sort of you know, Cavaliero up front um, in in a kind of a metro type role. Who's what is it now? Is it one goal in thirty five that he's got? Not oh, good. So, you know, there's clear there's clear problems there, and I can see yes. what he was trying to do. Um, He's trying to make us hard to beat, but at the same time we can't go playing a system like Leeds do because we don't have the firepower to go out and, and maybe start winning games two, three nil before we've even thought about it, and we can't do that. So I understand what Parker is trying to do, but we're, again we're just a little bit too short, um, obviously in those areas, um, and obviously we come on to that in, in in the next part of the show. But if I was to rate, if I was to rate it, I mean at the beginning I would have said a sort of you know a three out of a ten again. I thought here we go, it's going to be we haven't learned any lessons, but. Signings have been better. Um, I think managerial um, kind of a, a approach to this season has been a lot better. Um, yes. he's trying to get some sort of identity. He's made us hard to beat. We are one of the dirtiest sides in the Premier League at this moment. Um, with us, ta- you know, that's a statistic you don't want, but that shows you that he's toughened us up. Um, we desperately need, I think, a kind of a very good window this January with two or three astute signings uh, that can push us on to maybe achieve. What we need to achieve by staying in the division. Okay. Uh, so, overall, look, it's it's a five out of ten at the moment.
1: Okay, okay, very good, Emilio, Your thoughts and uh, and give it a rating too for full season so far. I thought Scott did a very good job of going back to the beginning, talking about mm-hmm. the way the season began, which was really horrible, <laughs> and how now we have an identity. But the question is, is it too late? And uh, we'll touch on that on the third section. We talk about the window because I think that's going to be vital, and I know you agree with me on that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't think it's too late to be honest. I think it's. Oh, where are we in the position we expected to be at the beginning of the season? Yes, yes, I am. You know, I'm not surprised to see us in the bottom three, but in the relegation dogfight, we. I think we all knew that before the season. I think I was. You know, I remember coming onto the show straight after the Brentford victory at Wembley. I keep saying this. I was worried about you know how we'd cope in the Premier League. So I'm not surprised to see us in fighting for relegation. But I've been pleasantly surprised after that dire first three four games that we've actually a very difficult team to beat. You know, I think we're, yeah. we've proven it. We've won the best defensive record in the last same last six to eight weeks. And that's, you know, who would have thought that? You know, again, we have Tim Reed, Michael Hector in defence. Now we've got a very strong back four, back five, Very strong, very good goalkeeper. So the foundations are there. We, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, Scott Parker's trying to create this identity out of said and, and, and it's working. The opposing team are, you know, struggling to beat us. We've seen that. The four consecutive right. draws. You know, the, you know the problem is obviously we're lacking goals. We, we knew that at the beginning of the season as well. This is no surprise that we're lacking goals. We we said that we've invested the back in the defence, but you right. know, we've said it time and time again. Even before a ball was kicked, we haven't invested up front before the ball was kicked, and we've, we've 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 seen the price for that now. We're not scoring enough goals. But as far as I'm concerned, we've still got a fighting chance. There's still games that we can win. We need to get some quality up front. We need to start scoring goals, and we can keep the defence. You know the you know the goals concede down to the minimum that we're seeing at the moment and being a little bit more creative i think that's what we're still missing i still think we're not we're not intelligent enough we're in in key places our final ball isn't good enough our crossing into the box could be better you know so we're getting the space we you know what's it you know Luckman, um robinson they're getting out wide but sometimes their final ball is lacking to be honest and i think that's where we've got to be a little bit more intelligent a little bit more creative if we get that sorted out in january and a couple couple of strong additions into the team, in particular a striker and potentially a backup central defender as well. We saw Michael Hector came in against Newcastle what, for 20, 30 minutes. He looked awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, that, was, so, that was a little worrying watching him back in there. Worrying. So disagree with on that. So, so that's what, I'm just even thinking if once this COVID situation dies down, one of our central defenders picks up a an injury or maybe catches COVID, for example, and has to still sort of rest for two weeks. The, the, the match isn't going to be, be cancelled. The, the game has to carry on. So I just worry that we haven't got enough adequate central defensive backups. But I'm pleasantly surprised where we are now compared to where we were two, three months ago. So we've given ourselves a fighting chance. I think I'll give ourselves a 5, 6 out of 10 rating. Okay. To be honest. But the, key more to is Scott. the framework is there. The structure is there. We've made, we're more difficult to beat. But I think we need more than just a striker. I think, you, Scott, you said okay. a good, good signings. I think Scott was alluding to that as well, talking yeah. about. Three players, I know Tom <laughs> Kenny fans out there, and I love Tom Kenny, but somebody with a bit of intelligence, a good final ball, decent crossing in the ball. We've got the potential there. We're not, we're not maximising that, and that's a problem at the moment.
3: I think, I think one of the situations as well that when we did come up, obviously through the playoffs and, and what Parkrats were mm-hmm. last, we've had a team that's been there quite a while. We've relied heavily on the Kenny's. We've relied heavily on the Mitroviches, and, and yep like that um, and obviously coming into the Premier League um, that's
1: mm-hmm.
3: not what Leeds have done where obviously they've just kicked on with a type of style that they've had under Belize and we, we yeah. had to change that style because it was never going to work with a the team that we started off with yeah. b when you implement these other players that have come along um, there was no style and it's kind of like part of had to rip up the kind of you know mm-hmm. sheet and restart you need to
1: build on. the foundation up Scott yeah.
3: Yeah, and then, and then when you look at it as well with the players that we've got up front, Cavalero, you know, Lookman and then obviously, um, you know, others are coming to the fold. They're not Premier League quality. It's it's a fact that, you know, we are lacking in, in, in some areas. So it is a little bit more difficult for him. All right, we could argue the case with Leeds where they've got players like Le- up um, obviously Banford up front who's scoring goals and bits and pieces, but they're very creative, like what um, Emilio was saying. We lack a lot of that, um, yeah. you know, to put balls on a plate for, for for players to score mm-hmm. goals. We don't do enough of that, and we, we do lack that. In this division, Um you need that, Um not as well as being a tough side to break down. You but
1: defensively, to- Leeds is not tough to play um, no, no, at they, all. I mean, watch they're they're, them. They're just not.
3: No, I mean, I don't want to give them any more kind of media sort of loving. That they're all, all <laughs> it's going to drive me mad. But, you know, they're the style where they go at teams and they want to score goals in yes. a season for them where they will win a game and lose a game, win a game, lose yep, a game.
1: That's who they are right now.
3: They, they will stay up. And as we, yes, they will stay up. You're right, Scott. We're trying to draw every game and, and, and not penetrate size, It's not going to keep us up. So that's something that we do need to improve. That's a good, I'm
1: good, good point. Good. Yeah. That's a very good point by Scott because, you know, it's funny because if you look at Leeds, and I'll be critical of Leeds defensively, but as Scott said, they're going to win a game and then they're going to lose 3 mm-hmm. 4 nil because that's how they're built. That's how Bielsa has built them. And but they will stay in this division because they're going to get the victories. Yeah. And like Scott said, Emilio, this is a very good point. Yeah. We, have, we have to stop drawing, because drawing will only take it, take us so far, and that's going to leave when we talk about January, because they need to start turning these draws into victories, but do they have the players to do it? We're talking about offensively.
2: Yeah, and this is, a, you use an example, four games, two wins, six points, two defeats, zero points, four draws, only four points. You're actually better off by two points, by winning two and losing two, but but the point is, in those games against Liverpool, you know, look at that game against Liverpool, I thought, you know, Liverpool were there for the taking. Again, they rode their luck at the time at Liverpool, yeah. and that's very clear, but at the same time, if we had a bit better quality finishing, that game would have been out of sight for Liverpool. The Newcastle game, i said it before, forget the controversy about the penalty that went against us, we should have been 2 nil up. That would have been a point as far as I'm concerned, you know, being 2 nil up and conceding a penalty. So for me, we're not we're not... Either converting the chances, not creating clear cut chances, and we're just lacking that bit of finesse, that final ball, that quality ball on the plate to sort point that striker like Mitrovic could bearing the back of the net. And so at the yep. moment, you've got the Cavaleros who are, who are t- threatening the defenses, but no end product. Lookman, not quite the same player he's the last few games. He's, you know, play, maybe players, uh, teams are finding him out. To be The yeah, you know, last four or five games, he's not been as effective. At times, he's like he's 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 looking, he's looking, he's looking, but he's not getting he's not getting through, past that through that defense of the opposing teams. You know, Brighton against Brighton, he was ineffective. Newcastle could have done a better time. So it's, it's 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 players are finding him out. He's getting frustrated, and that's and that's a worry because up to that point, I think he's been probably been our most consistent player this season, and I, and I like him, but he's lacking a bit of quality and a bit of imagination and creativity at times.
1: Okay. Very good. All right. Coming up next, we're going to rate the summer transfer window, and we'll end with talking about the January transfer window, what Fulham need to do.
0: The economy is crazy right now. All-time high inflation, bearish stock market, rising home prices and interest rates. How do you figure it all out? Make your money go further and work harder with a certified financial planner professional from Facet Wealth. Financial planning used to focus on retirement, but with FACET, a dedicated expert guides you through every financial decision. FACET advisors are certified financial planner professionals and fiduciaries. That's just a fancy way to say they have the best training, and they're legally bound to do what's in your best interest. This isn't just about investments. You get an entire team of experts within insurance, taxes, estate planning, and budgeting to make complex financial decisions easy. Facet has a simple flat fee, no hidden charges, and with nothing to sell, there are no commissions. Visit tryfacetwealth.com for two months free off your first year of financial planning. That's
1: T-R-Y-F-A-C-E-T
0: wealth.com. Facet Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment legal or tax advice.
1: Okay, guys, let's get right to it. Scott, right back to you. This is, again, a very interesting topic because there are many ways to rate this because, again, it's obvious that Fulham have, um, you know, again, improved as the season went and the players have come good. Several of them have them come good. But honestly, and, I, and I'm, I'll start us off here because, again, Fulham deserve criticism. A couple things, you know, and again, I'm glad that they brought in the players. You brought in talked about those first four matches, again, it got us behind the eight ball. Part of it was because some of the signings were very late. And that's that deserves to be thought of when you go through your rating. Then, something else that needs to be talked about as well is the... Um, yes, there was good business done, Scott, and I agree with some of the moves. Some of the moves were great business. You're talking about Anthony Robinson and Bio. That's great business. But there's been some, some business that, again, I thought that Fulham wanted to bring players on permanently and not really, if if it was to bring them on loan, Scott, it wasn't supposed to be loan. It was supposed to be loan with an option to buy. Well, we kind of went against that. And again, I'm, I'm sorry, Tony, but you actually set yourself up for this talking to the newspaper about not bringing Ryan on back because again, you don't want to groom someone else's players. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. That's part of this for me because again, Adam Lookman's a great player. He won't be with Fulham next season. So, again, be consistent. You shouldn't have said that in the press, and that's part of this for me. He's a good player, but let's be honest. You brought him in because you knew he would help us, and you, you kind of went against your philosophy. So I, I wanted to throw that out there. So again, some, some great players I think have come in, but it's not all positive. Your thoughts, Scott? Yeah.
3: I I think some of the players that have come in have, you know, been of decent quality. Um, You know, there is the old cliche with us that it's, you know, a little bit too late. Um, Yes. And I think it's a less of two evils because, you know, we've got a mass inflated squad there um, where obviously we've come into the Premier League, but then we're very bloated on players. Um, You know, we've made... i no I, I mean at the end of the day we, we we never knew what division we were going to be in Um right. you know, it's 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 a lottery um, right. you know so if you if you'd lost that game against brentford you you have to remain obviously in the championship and then if you kind of you know obtain the service of say cavalero bobby reed and um obviously Knockart, you you'd probably be quite happy the way things have gone because you've obtained and kept players of, of a certain quality, but that wasn't the case we've gone up um you know, we, we've handed sort of extended contracts to people like Cabano and stuff like that. So we've yeah. kind of voted the squad out as uh, as far as we go. And then when you look at the outskirts of it, we've still got players hanging around the club like Siri. Um, You know, it's not That's even right. in the main squad. He, he's probably sitting on a, on a good salary. We've got the other goalkeeper sitting on the bench. um, um can't remember his name now. Someone help me out here quick.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the <third> goalkeeper <laughs> that we brought in in 2019. Um, Fabry. 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 Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's still at the club, and it's it's kind of ironic that you have three goalkeepers sitting on the bench. Uh, you know, it's very unlikely that two get injured. You know, and and it is we, and and I think the problem that we or we've made ourselves is that we've come up. You know, people have looked at number one, um, obviously the, the nightmare that we had last time, and our agent is thinking about Christ. Am I really going to sign with Fulham this season, knowing what's going on down there? Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a situation, obviously bringing in quality where mm-hmm. you know we've got a bloated squad, we can't get rid of some of these fringe players and we don't have, you know, the the, the movement there and, you know, our wages are, are kind of too high and there's not spaces within the squad. So we've kind of made it difficult on ourselves, really. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's why, obviously, Tony's had to go and look at things like loan players and stuff like that because it's simply not a case of going out spending that money to, to entice players. I
1: think it was to balance because we actually had a bloated squad. Because we had all these players that, again, I think, it's, that, I think that are not part of the team. Well, they they're part of the team, but they can't play because they're not part of. Well, I think I think it's a bit of both for us. I mean, in the okay. day, if if you if you went out and sort of said to
3: an agent, you know, come and sign for Fulham or whatever, blah blah, blah they're going to kind of look at it in two ways, aren't they? You know, well, yep. probably favourites for relegation. The you know the catastrophe that happened in 2019. Do I really want to put my player there, or do I kind of take the risk somewhere else? And and I think that's been been the case. As as that summer window has gone on, it's been a little bit sort of lagged, obviously because of obviously COVID and everything else. It, right. Issues getting players in, and the only way that we can fill those voids is to go out and get loans of players that are kind of not really doing right. that well at their parent clubs that have got a bit of quality, and you bring them in on loan. And it's also a risk factor, isn't it? I mean, if if they, yep. do, they, go, they go back to their clubs you're not going to keep players there that are on ridiculous wages. Um, So I think it's been a bit of a balancing act. um, Okay. cost of how we put this, this team together. Um, But on a whole, I think the quality has been a lot better, but we still in in quality. Sorry. We still lacked in certain areas. And again, it's taken us far too long to, to to get it together.
1: And listen, I agree with that, Scott. And and again, I I want to say this again. I think, A lot of the players that they brought in, I have to give Tony credit. Absolutely have to give him credit. But I think it's also fair to criticize the lateness of the center backs and the fact that he let Alfie Moss go out on loan and not have a replacement. That, to me, again, was a mistake, and I'm going to say that right now. But if you look at it now, I think Fulham do have quality. But as Scott just brought up, they needed some more quality that they did not get in the window that will lead us to January. So, Scott, before I go to Emilio, just give me a rating overall for the uh, window. 40% out of
3: 100, Todd, say. Uh,
1: okay. 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 Yeah, out Emilio, how about you? Um,
2: I'm a little bit more positive, to be honest. I think, you know, the, I agree with Scott, the fact that we we, we didn't. Beat, we had to play our final early August, so we only had what seven weeks to to make it. You know, actually yeah, start to go and make. Some to be fair.
1: That's a fact.
2: That's a big fan. big fan. but we knew defensively we weren't strong enough. And I think give the I'm going to give the owners credit for actually going out and getting the right players. Look, look, look. The result of that you don't you don't get better overnight. It's, it takes. It's progressive. We've seen over yep. the last months we have been tight, more difficult to beat. We've now gone through a very good spell where we're the teams struggling to score against us. So overall, we've now got the right framework there. katet unfortunately picked up an injury early on, so he's still to come back. And I, you know hasn't disgraced himself in a, a deputising for him. You know, some of the players like Loftus Cheeks. Maybe for example, I was very excited when he joined, but maybe he's not—he's not quite the player we expected. You know, he hasn't really controlled many of the games. He's sort of he's, he's in and out of the team. You know, something's not quite right there. Maybe he's still not one hundred percent fit. But, you know, I expect him, a big player, former England international, to come in and make a difference. But he hasn't quite done that. But overall, I think, you know, the foundations are there. And the fact that we're now more difficult to beat and we've yep. got an opportunity to still stay up, I think it's easier to start attracting a better quality of player in January this month than we would have done back in August, September, when we were odds on favourites to get relegated with that team. I think with way Scott Parkers, whether you love him or not, he's, put a, he's starting to create his identity. We make it, make ourselves more difficult to beat. The framework is there, and I think it's easier to start attracting a better quality type player who will believe in joining the club and fighting for the club to stay up in this division. And look what Villa have done. Villa stayed up with a scruff for their next season. They've pushed on, and now a very very good team. They're very exciting to watch. Dare I say it? So for me, it's, it's I'm going to give the transfer winner six out of ten. I don't think it's too bad. We, he sorted out the defence. That's that's the key thing but we also, we also, many of us did say that we needed more quality up front and a bit more quality in midfield creativity, and we haven't quite got that. That's what we need to reinforce. If yep. we get that, there's enough games there to 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 stay up in this division.
1: See, I agree with that, Emilio, and I think, you know, and again, going back to the window, I would give it a five because, again, I think some mistakes were made. I'm talking about the lateness of some of the moves, especially at centre-back, mm-hmm. but when I look at some of the players that I brought in, they've, like I said, I, I love Anthony Robinson. I think Kenny Tete is going to be a, mm-hmm. a very good player for Fulham. And, you know, Adam o. Lookman. see the issue I have with Adam o. Lookman, and, you know, I will put Ariola in that. And then of course, Anderson, what's interesting is that these are players with, that are on low with no options to buy. And I think you can look at them differently. Like I, I think, Ariel was playing for and I think that Adam O'Lookman is playing for and Then, of course, Anderson is. But, you know, the fact that they're, that there's no option to buy has always rubbed me the wrong way. That's why I just wanted to bring that up. It's just I would rather have these players w- with an option. But we don't. But I do think that these players are are giving their all for Fulham. But it's just a little criticism that I that I just don't like that. If there's an option to buy, I feel very differently about these loan deals. But I do like overall what they've done. But to the bottom point, we're going to talk now about the January transfer window. Scott and and you, Amelia, both brought this up. They left themselves open to not getting someone to help us up front. And now they need to do that. So let's transfer and finish the show by talking about that. So, Scott, over to you. Let's talk about the January transfer window. And um, I'm going to do this in in, in a fun way. Tony Khan. What is your plan for the January transfer window, and then I'll get Emilio's plan. You're Tony.
3: Well, I'm Tony.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, What's your plan for the January transfer? I mean, it's it's like um, it's like anything else. I mean, it's a striker, isn't it? Um, no. That's where we're short. I don't know, and, and I've actually completely forgot about um, Roversoft and cheek until Emiliano um, He's been that poor this season. I completely forgot about him. Um, I don't know whether he was brought in with that kind of attribute to give us a little bit more firepower up front, um, and that's kind of backfired with us. Maybe that
1: could that could be a factor, Scott. Maybe they thought he was going to be that player,
3: but he's not. Obviously, he's not turned out to be um, the player that we thought he would be. And again, it's like you touched on there, Russ. We're, we're carrying a player that's on loan. Um, I think it's a lot of things with with a player like that. He's come back from a serious injury. And, yep. You know, where he's probably slightly cautious. But, you know, not match fit. Um, you know, and he's probably got one eye still on Chelsea because that's his parent club. And he doesn't want to get injured before, you know, there's lots of factors, but then obviously if you bring a player in knowing that, then obviously you're probably going to get that on the pitch, aren't you? So um, we kind of like there, but for for me, I mean, January has got to be about striker and it's not got to be about any striker. It's got to be one that can come in and obviously fit to the system that Parker's playing. Mm -hmm. Um, what like we touched on before with Mitrovic is a, it's a very strange situation with him because we're opting to play, as I say, you know, Caballero in a position where he scored one goal in 35, that being a penalty. And we're leaving out, um, you know, a striker that nine times out of ten will get you a goal if you deliver it on a plate. Um, and even in a poor side, Mitrovic will get you 10 goals a season. So there's something clearly not right there, either, A, in, in the way that system we're playing is just not fitting in, or number two, Parker doesn't fancy him, and maybe this is kind of the end for Mitrovic, we don't know. But without any other options, I find it kind of slightly um, strange that we're still not playing him. Um, And if that is the case, then for me, a striker has to be your number one target, and it has to be somebody that's already been identified as somebody that comes in that could hit the ground running and we know can get goals, because that's what we lack. Um, So if I am Tony Khan, um, that's what I would have been doing, you know, even before this January transfer window come about.
1: Okay. And right back to you, Scott, what do you do with a bloated squad?
3: Um, I mean, you've got to try and thin it out as much as possible. I mean, there's got to be players there that um, obviously are not happy with with not playing. Um, I mean, you've got the players that are outside of the squad, uh, but we know the reasons for that. Um, Injuries that weren't going to come back in time, Players are just simply, you know, our Championship players and we try to squeeze in or ones that we don't want. Um, I think you've got to try and get some out on loan. Um, You know, you've got to look at players like Lamarche and um, your Cabanos and stuff like that that are not really going to have, you know, a a good look in this season. We've got to try and get some of them out.
1: Um, Right. I think you definitely need to.
3: Yeah, if if you don't, then we're going to struggle getting getting players in. I mean, we don't really need Fabry on the bench. I mean, just bring Wickens through as a third goalkeeper. As I said, it's, it's very unlikely that you're going to get a couple of injuries at once. Um, and I think we've got to be a little bit sort of shrewd as well. We, we kind, of, kind of shift some players, but we've got to bring in a handful of quality that's going to be enough there to obviously improve us moving forward and, and allow us to score goals.
1: Well, I'll give you the example, Scott, and then I'll go to Emilio because I want, want to get his thoughts. Go back to the transfer window when they brought in Mitro and they brought in Target. Again, oh. these players made the difference uh-huh. for fulham getting promoted let's call what it is they need impact players like that and uh, getting back to the squad you know you got players like surrey that again you you just need to get rid of you know mm-hmm. you know because you need to make room for two or three players that are coming in you you need to get rid of some of these players emilio your thoughts what would you do if you're tony
2: I think we have to be brave here to be honest. I that's the key thing, you know, and buy these big players. You know, when we got Ryan Babbel a couple of years ago, everyone yeah. was like, turn their nose up. In the fact that we got a player, a former Premier League player, you know, not been around for many years in the Premier League. And suddenly, you know, he was our best player for those four months if you remember, a couple of seasons ago. But I think we need big players. We need players who, who can play in this division. The problem is, we've got as well is how many corners are we getting? How many free kicks have we got? We haven't got a good dead ball. You know, player. Opponents have been very poor, to be honest. We need someone like Shakira. I know we're probably not going to be able to afford him, but he's the sort of player that we need. Very good dead ball specialist, good passer, very creative, very intelligent. Someone like him, whether Liverpool re- will release it, whether Fulham have got the money to 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 afford to pay for him, that's the sort of player that we need to be targeting. Don't okay. get Troy Deeney from Watford. He's the sort of player who's strong, got goals, scores, get assists. He can score penalties. He's not everyone's favourite cup of tea, but. He's proven in division. He's scored at this division. He's, he's I you know, he's how old is he now? Early thirties, but you know, his record is, is self-explanatory. He's, he's, he's right. clinical in this division and invites other players. Gets a lot of penalties, a lot and assists. Those are sort of big players that we need who have played in this division, know how to adjust. Yeah. We haven't got time to to get a foreign player who takes two or three months to adjust to the Premier League at the pace of the Premier League, two games a week, and with COVID situation, you might we might have to end up playing three games in in a week at okay. this rate. And catch up, so yeah. you need players who know this division, the, the, the challenges, the pressures, the, the, the pace. And that's what I mean. The likes of a Shaqiri type of player with the quality at dead ball situation
1: and can score goals, okay. and someone like
2: Troy Deeney who can assist and score goals himself. Those are the type of players that we need.
1: Okay, and I've heard this suggested, and actually, I heard this on the fullness show too. Mm-hmm. Ask Klopp to loan Ricci for the season. I, w- I would do that, but is he the type? Scott, is he the type of striker that Scott Parker wants though?
2: Does he get enough goals? Um
3: no,
1: I'm, not a, I'm not I'm not i not inspired
2: proven- by him.
3: I mean I'm not I mean a lot of people look at stats and stuff like that. But he's not done enough for me, you know, in the time that he's been at Liverpool to prove yeah. that he can go in and fulfill a role like that. I mean, it's kind of it's a role that he would come in and probably still be a, a lesser of a player for us. I mean, not like Emilio saying this this is a position where we need somebody to come in that's had experience, that's known how to do it, um, gets goals. Um, mm. Would you consider Adini at this point? Um, probably. Um, I mean, I know what he's like. He's not my favourite player. Um, no. I can't stand his attitude, to be honest. But if he gets you goals and he and he roughs up defenses a little bit yeah. more than Cavalero and Bobby Reed does, then I would probably sort of bring him in because he, he's another player that can also bring other players into. To yeah. a game looking up a little bit more with the way yeah. that he bullies people. He's intelligent. He's
2: intelligent. Yeah. Yes.
3: Yeah. So again, I just I just think and I mean and, and touch more what Milo says well we've got issues as well with bringing players in from a brawl because of COVID reasons, because That's of break. Right. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
3: we don't have time to mess around with things like visas and stuff like that. It's it, this is a difficult window, and um like I say, we've got to be looking at like, like something like a you know, that you said from before, something <laughs> like that that we know that can score goals got a bit of pace, you know, it's good. It's good on free kicks and stuff like that. Um And that's what we need to be looking at. Um Whether that's been identified, I don't know. Um But it certainly is going to be an interesting January transfer window. And I, I don't really want to see it going on right to the end, to be honest. I would like to
1: no. It's formed, Scott. You know it's going uh, to go to the and, end.
3: And this is what worries me, Russ. It's, I don't want it done on the 28th or the 29th. I agree with you. Um, Get it done now. We, I, I totally agree with you, Scott. This is a little bit different for me, and it's a bit irresponsible, I think, based on obviously Premier League survival to leave it yeah. out and knowing that we we need that position. Um, I would have thought that plans, negotiations, and probably talks would have been put in a little bit earlier this time around.
2: And bear yeah, in I, mind as well. Sorry to interrupt there. Go, go ahead. The COVID situation. With what we talked about earlier. How many more games can we end up? getting approval to cancel or postpone, for example. So it may come a point. I know we've got the FA Cup against QPR next weekend, but beyond that we've got crunch games against Brighton and and West Brom. Games we have to those matches playing. are coming up very quickly that are going to be very important. Yeah. And that's a good point. And we need to have players in place for that game, not players to Scotland, have to get visas, have to sign all these all these foreign contracts, get players who are in the country, yep, playing I agree with that. Troy Deanny, Shakira. They're both playing. they're both in the country, played at this level for many seasons. Would you seasons. consider Sturridge? No. Okay. I'd rather people what we got. No, it, it, not, it,
1: not. Is, it is prime, maybe, but not now. No, not now. Too injury-prone. Okay. All right. All right, guys. To finish this up, and we are running a little bit long, but we've had a very good discussion here. Let's just talk about this, and then we'll finish up. Scott, to you. Will Fulham's rest of the season be dictated by what they do in January? I would say yes
3: oh 100%. Um and I think this is what most of you know our shows bang on about. Um I know obviously we we over fantasize sometimes about transfer windows, and about who we bring in and who we sell and you know it's a bit like football manager etc et but I think um this time around it's a little bit different because I think obviously from the poor start that we've had um you know and Obviously, with everything else goes with it, survival and stuff like that, we've kind of turned it around a little bit and we've, we've at least given ourselves a little bit of hope. We've noticed that, fans have noticed that you know, and I think management have noticed that and I think it's key that as a club now we identify players well in this window. We get the business done early and we push on. Like Camillo saying, we've got the foundations now. If we can get somebody yeah. to start putting goals away, we start beating Brighton 1-0. We start, beating Newcastle 2-1. We start beating Liverpool 2-1. And before you know we're sort of nine points more than what we had and things start to look a little bit brighter. Um I know it's all hearsay, but that is the cold mm-hmm. truth really. Yeah. We're this situation now, this window is very, very important.
1: I totally agree, Scott. And again, you just have to go back to when we got promoted when we were at the playoff final with bring Mitro in and the difference he made. And Emilio, that's why I agree with Scott on this. It's it's vital. It's what they do now. could be the difference between survival and going down.
2: Yeah, and there's enough there's enough games there to to pick up points. It's going that's to be right. a, it's going to go down to the wire. Let's be let's be honest. It's not going to be uh, good for the heart for the next three or four months. But you know, there's Sheffield United look dead and buried. West Brom, you know, struggling like we are. They're conceding and not scoring. You know Brighton, a bit like us, struggling to score and, and not not losing many games. So for me, I think the third place would be between Brighton, and Ford. Burnley. I think I've always said Burnley their, their fortress is turf more. They continue to start, you know, getting wins one 0 wins here and there. They're picking up they're picking up wins where we're only picking up draws, and they've look, they've pushed on a little bit from where they are. So to be honest, unless we start to quickly win games and get ourselves out of the bottom three, then it's going to be really between us and Brighton. I think. I don't.
1: I don't think big Sam will save West Brom. I think Newcastle opinion. might be drawn into this. I think Newcastle might come down.
2: I like to think. I like. I like, to, awesome. I like to see them get down. You know. You know how much I hate Newcastle, but um. But I think they've got enough points in the tank, I think they've got what nineteen points. They've got Callum Wilson again. That's the sort of player that we need. You know, we, we resisted the temptation by Callum Wilson in the summer. Yeah. That's a sort of player that, that we need.
3: It's an early start as well. Like Leeds, they have had a good start. Yeah. They put the ball, and it's very difficult to see. Now, when you look at us, when we're on sort of eleven points, and then you look up and they're sort of one the 18, eighteen, mm. nineteen, twenties away, but they're sort of half the way there. Mm. We hours to go yet, and it's kind of like you look at a teams and think, you know, I know that they're poor, but how are we going to pull these these teams in? Right. I think we, need to, we we need to concentrate on ourselves for once. Um, we need to get the business done in January. We just need to start yeah. beating teams, and the rest the rest will take care of itself.
1: Right, but, I agree with that, Scott. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I agree with that. All right, guys, great show. We went a little bit over, and I want to thank both of you for uh, sticking in there because, again, very good to uh, talk to both of you about this. We covered a lot in this Hour Plus show. Scott, thank you so much for joining Amelia and I on this special episode of Cottage thank Talk. You. And, and uh, again, just tell everyone, you know, I'm sure our listeners and people that watch this have listened to your show, but, but talk a little bit about the Fofcast that you do with Owen, Jerry, and then uh, our good friend Mike Ray.
3: Well, I mean, as we all know, I've I've always sort of appeared on your shows, Russ, and um, oh. you know, I, I I never really had any intentions of kind of starting a podcast. But I think it was more pressure from members of the forum and stuff like that. Just to do something a little bit different because with the world of social media these days, Twitter, Facebook, and everything else, forums are becoming kind of a bit of an old hat. They're still there. They're still you know they, they they still have a purpose, but they're not your go-to place now for anything. You know, forums are not as busy as they used to be. Um, and I've kind of been subject to kind of everything else, you know, working, being busy and doing what I've done. And the forum has always remained the forum and I've never really sort of pushed it forward, but it was kind of based on that really. Um, and as I say, it's not anything that was um, sort of kind of invented to, to, to take off or, or it just maybe like one show a week or something like, just to give us yeah. a little bit of variety really. Um, a little bit of Marmite. We, we want to try and keep it spitting sawdust. Um, it's not everyone's favourite podcasting because we like to be quite honest, uh, but it just gives us a bit of variety really, Russ. So, yeah absolutely
1: absolutely and and Scott you know if you don't already know this I listen to every episode and uh you guys you know again you 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 talk about everything and you're honest and that to me is what I want out of a podcast you're very honest and that's a very good thing and I and it's a very enjoyable listen because of the honesty Emilio over to you your thoughts before we go final thoughts
2: no, it's been a good show. You know, it's, I've enjoyed. I you think know, getting Scott back on the show, you know, so I like yeah. you know, yourself. I listen to Scott's podcast every week. So uh, very good. Yeah. It, it's 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 entertaining. I think that's a key thing. You, know, you, want, you want fans to be engaged. You want fans to to follow a podcast. You know, you don't always have to agree with people's opinions. Like today, you know, a lot of people um, raising comments. Some I agree, some I disagree with. But that's 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 democracy, right? So we're all entitled exactly. exactly. to our thoughts. But you know, that, for me, it's, there's room for Scott's podcast I'd like to see Scott on college talk a lot more often. So um <laughs> had a good good a bit of fun. Again, oh, it's a serious I? show. it's been more of a serious show. Again, let's well, just you yeah. said it earlier on. People are dying by the thousands globally. Yes. So my wish best wishes to everyone who's suffering with COVID, their families, friends and so forth, and let's all hang in there together, follow guidelines, follow protocol, and we'll we'll beat this bloody virus.
1: And that's a great way to end the show, Emilio, because This was a serious show, especially to begin with, because it's a very serious topic and safety first, health first to everyone around the world, wherever you are. Just take care of yourself. And we're talking about COVID-19 and uh, I think we needed to talk about it today. And I think we uh, we did it about as good as you could possibly do with, with a serious subject matter like that. All right. Well, it is time to wrap up this show. For Scott Tanfield from the Fofcast and Friends of Fulham and Emil Denon. And Russ Goldman, thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms supply, see mcdonalds.com.
0: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ